We've talked before on previous episodes about certain phenomenon that are often used as a universal explanation or placeholder for some of the otherworldly experiences people have had throughout history. These phenomena are quickly used to dismiss or even explain away everything from UFO sightings, paranormal encounters with spirits, the orb phenomenon, and even things like the Will of the Wisps. Truthfully, though, these phenomena that we are talking about today are so rad and strange that we decided they deserve their very own episode. If for no other reason than for us all to have the ability to distinguish between these phenomenon and whatever else it is that we may be encountering out there. Welcome back, campers, to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your camp counselor, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other counselor, Woody Brown. Hey, man. Dude, you know I'm excited today because Mm -hmm. science. We don't often say it enough in here, but (laughs) science is rad, bro, and I'm like a giddy... I don't know. Just excited, man. I love when we find these things. We've had an episode like this before where we talked about real creatures that exist that at one point, you know, were thought of to be cryptid creatures. Mm -hmm. And now today we're going to be talking about stuff that the further I dove in, dude, like I got to be, I thought that these things being used as an answer to explain or even explain away some of the things that people see. Mm -hmm. Uh, is also kind of curious to me because in a lot of ways, some of these things we still don't know exactly about. Yeah. It's, you'll soon find out once we get into the topic, but it's, it's kind of like what we consistently bring up when, you know, there's sightings, multiple people view, you know, a UFO and, you know, the quote unquote experts come out and say, Oh no, no, no. It was mass hallucination. It's like, Okay, now I'm going to need you to explain how mass hallucination works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's the quote unquote scientific response. But it's like, that that's just as weird. Like, that, you're not really explaining anything. Right. Well, and in a lot of ways, too, I think it's easy for anyone that is interested in anything paranormal or supernatural mm-hmm. or just out there to be thought of as like, oh, well, they'll just believe anything. Right. But right. I mean, truthfully, especially us on our show here, like there are a lot of times where we're like, come on, that can't be it. You know, like right. whenever there's explanations, uh, there's also situations like these where it's like these occurrences are interesting just right. on their own. And so we thought, I mean, we just need to dive into it here. Let's do it. Okay. So something that we've mentioned before on the show, but we never really got into is this phenomenon called ball lightning, Mm. also called globe lightning. Mm. Also called will-o'-the-wisps. Well, sometimes. It's interesting because... Am I jumping the gun? No, 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 no. Yeah, so, well, maybe. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I will allow it. See, folks, we're both excited. We are. So basically what ball lightning is, or how it's explained is this. It's a rare 
aerial phenomenon that's in the form of a luminous sphere. Mm. It varies in size. It's either like several, you know, centimeters in diameter to, you know, a few inches. And it occurs most often near the ground during thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. It's closely associated with cloud to ground lightning and just in thunderstorms in general. It varies in color. Some reports say it's red, orange, yellow, white, maybe even blue in color. And is often accompanied by a hissing sound and a distinct odor. Hmm. Now, I w- now does it explain? Is the odor sort of like ozone? Because I feel like I've read that, but I'm not sure. Uh, which w- the reason I say that is because usually the smell of ozone is associated with like uh, like UFO sort of based stuff. Like if mm-hmm. if people see a UFO or they see, they say that like they've been in an area like a crop circle or something, they'll hmm. they'll have that smell of yeah. ozone in the air. Yeah. No, it doesn't say that, so we'll come back. Okay. It okay. normally lasts only a few seconds and usually moves about a little bit and then vanishes suddenly, either silently or explosively. Hmm. Ball lightning has been reported to cause damage by burning or melting, but is usually harmless. Hmm. So this phenomenon has been occurring and being reported on for, well, at this point, centuries. And even as far back as, you know, the 1700s and and further back than that, the way it's now kind of been explained is that, well, there's several explanations. Some say that it's air or gas that's behaving abnormally. Some say it's high density plasma. Um, Mm -hmm. Some say it's an air vortex that contains these luminous gases, microwave radiation trapped within a plasma bubble. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Sometimes even another phenomenon that's called bead lightning is sometimes mistaken for ball lightning. I had to look that one up because I had never heard of it. Yeah. And essentially bead lightning is, imagine like a string of pearls, but it's like an electric current. Um, hmm. Kind of crazy. So wait a minute. So you're telling me that the scientific explanation that is given to, to make up for UFO sightings, will the wisps anomalous environmental phenomenon. You're saying that that is still not completely a, like a hard and fast, like, well, it's exactly this. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Whenever it's being used as, oh, it's probably just this, oh, okay. Just as weird. Yeah. And there's like several different, like, this writer of this article that I found, or this study, they, they say that there's like several different, quote, species of ball lightning. Mm. Because although the descriptions, like I said, are pretty similar, a lot of them do differ. Everything from, again, size and color. Some say, you know, it's the size of a ping pong ball, but all the way up to like the size. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ping pong ball? Ping pong. Ping pong ball. <laughs> said it weird. Ping pong mm-hmm. ball to the size of a basketball. Yes, usually spherical. They're floating, hovering, or moving horizontally, glowing, often with some sort of internal structure. So there have been, well, I'm actually going to take you back, bro. Mm. I only set the clock back. Between 1638 and 1639 in Charlton, said it correctly, Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> We're back. I love it. This Puritan named James Everill and two others were stunned as they saw a luminous mass that hovered and returned over a three-hour period. This guy was a member of the Puritan church. Now, if everybody can 
kind of remember their history class. These, these folks, they did not mess around, right? And so this guy was known in his community, again, his name's James Everill, to be a mm-hmm. sober and discreet man. He was crossing mm-hmm. the muddy river one evening in a small boat with two companions. Suddenly, a great luminous mass appeared in the sky above the river. It seemed to dart back and forth over the water. When it remained motionless, it flamed up and seemed to measure three yards square. Now, that's bigger than a basketball, dude. Mm -hmm. Okay. When it moved, it contracted into the figure of a swine. (laughs) This story is getting crazy. And it flew away towards Charlton, Massachusetts. It did this repeatedly over a period of two or three hours, always returning briefly to the same spot above the water before shooting off again. When the light had finally vanished, Everill and his friends stood up and were surprised to learn that the boat was now further upstream than it should have been, as if it had been pushed or pulled or even carried by an unknown force. In fact, Mm. they had been carried against the tide to their original starting point one mile away. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, forget ball lightning. I mean, that's like, (laughs) <laughs> literally a UFO. Yeah, I know. And in fact, like, technically speaking, this this report says that in March of 1639 or whatever was America's first recorded UFO. So not to take it wow. back to last week, but uh, I it's mean, uh, pretty interesting. I mean, this this episode is, you know, like paid for by uh, the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, like, there's nothing better to me than, like, those super, super old accounts of this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just cool. I mean, granted, you know, I I feel like if you're naturally a debunker, it's easy to to be like, oh, well, they just, you know, people back then were just stupid and they didn't, you know, they were viewing it through a different cultural lens and and all that. But honestly, I I almost feel like those people, and I've said it before on here, but I feel like those people, actually probably have a better sort of baseline of something that would be normal versus something anomalous just because like they they live out in nature they're mm-hmm. they're unlike us where I mean hell I'll maybe go outside like a couple times a week <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's like they're they're like intimately close with uh, the natural world outside yeah much so, more aware of it too you know yeah but I think right. in a lot of ways as we'll kind of uncover as we dive a little deeper into this, like that's good and bad. And I'll explain mm. what I mean by that in just a second. So okay. another account right around the same year, actually, um, was of a quote, great ball of fire that came through the window of an English church. This is kind of interesting. So this um, George Richmond of St. Petersburg, Russia was trying to repeat an experiment done by Benjamin Franklin the year before involving the famous one, come on, the flying a kite in a thunderstorm and all that. So this Russian guy oh boy, was trying it out. Obviously, it worked okay for Benjamin Franklin in 1752, but not for Richmond uh, the next year. A oh. lightning ball collided. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> so bad. Too soon. A lightning ball collided with his head and discharged through his body, killing him and injuring his assistant, oh. damaging surrounding structures so wow it can be dangerous obviously but Mm -hmm. other reports have 
happier outcomes. People that describe the experience as like enchanting and amazing, a sense of calm and mystical, you know, throughout history, of course, these things have been used as omens and portents and, you know, their rarity and beauty and even just like the potential danger kind of makes them, you know, super interesting. And looking further into the the science piece of it, and I don't want to bore everybody with the heavy science, but... Thank you. <laughs> You're like, oh, whew. whew. Um, <laughs> Dodge that bullet. Just sweating over there. A lot of scientists kind of agree that it's a little bit more exotic than just, oh, these are just like microwave sparks. But, mm-hmm. you know, they also have tried to kind of, you know, duplicate it in the in the laboratory. It's they consider it well documented throughout history, mainly because like people from all walks of life since the time of the ancient Greeks, apparently have talked about this, Mm. you know, scientists kind of think that, well, it doesn't have to necessarily consist of plasma. It could be, you know, some result of a chemiluminescent process. So all that to say like physicists and chemists and, and everything are still, even to this day, 2022, Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out and trying to figure out what exactly it is. But something else that I found super interesting is that typically when people report ball lightning, they talk about it happening really quickly. So there are a lot of times when like I'm thinking about, you know, UFO experiences and things like that that people are experiencing where it's like, okay, maybe they mistook this ball lightning uh, for UFO, but it would Mm -hmm. have to only be whenever it's just like shooting across. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't see this as being the greatest uh, explanation for UFOs necessarily. Yeah, right. I do see how how it could like kind of lean more towards like the supernatural and the paranormal type thing. Well, it's it's funny. And I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, even though, Boy, I've been saying this for years at this point, but you know, as somebody who has had an an orb sort of situation, well, multiple sort of sightings, everything that you were saying, how some people feel like it's sort of a peaceful thing, or mm-hmm. or uh, you know, the idea that there's like sentience behind it, mm-hmm. like to me, that just feels like uh, exactly what I saw. And again, same kind of thing. There were there were some that were uh, maybe that I would see maybe the size of uh, like golf balls, maybe ish or a little bit bigger. And then up to like, maybe like a volleyball size. So everything that you you were saying, I just, I can't help but think that it's that. And they sort of float around and kind of hobble around now mine. And again, I'm not going to like really get into it, but mine were, they were always uh, down, like sort of around like the baseboards, but I was also, in the second story of like a loft space. So, you know, I don't know how that was built in the seventies and full of asbestos. We got it. So Um, much asbestos. No, well, my question is, did it occur? Like, was there a thunderstorm and stuff happening or was it like, okay, zero. And see, that's one of these things that a lot of these accounts have in common. So a lot of times people have even reported like it happening in an airplane. Like you're sitting there in your airplane and it's just like passing through the windows. Huh? Yeah, dude. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and that's that feels exactly like the orb thing. Like yeah. it was almost like it, it knew when I when my eyes like were on it, 
Mm-hmm. I knew that I always only had a couple seconds before it would just sort of like, like sort of float wobble into the wall and mm-hmm. like just sort of disappear. Man. So like for me, I feel like that sounds less like the ball lightning to me. It just sounds like, Oh, you've got some orbs over there, pal. You know, because mm-hmm. like this ball lightning thing, I don't know. It just seems more like fast and like, it's easier for my mind to kind of wrap around the fact that it's just like electricity, a current that's moving from one area to the to the next but let me let me dive into yeah. another sort of um experience also somebody... oh, sorry also it the, as far as like my situation i've always felt like there there maybe is a relationship to like a plasma type thing mm-hmm. less like electricity which just when i think of electricity it's sort of a very kind of like violent fast erratic kind of thing mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't feel nearly as sort of contained and peaceful and subtle as like maybe you know how maybe plasma would behave electricity i mean you and i both know intimately when you saved my life that time oh my gosh yeah <laughs> have we talked about that i mean i feel like I feel, <laughs> I feel like i have i don't know G- give a brief little okay so i mean do you want me to give like the reason well yeah yeah tell about it after these messages we'll be right back your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. Well, you had just got, you had just got, you got your haircut and it was the most beautiful faux hawk just ever. What are you talking about? You, I swear to God, you had come no, and get your haircut. Yes, Not you true. did. And it was a faux hawk. And it, but it looked great. No, anyways, I don't remember that part. But the bottom mm-hmm. line is you... Something happened, some water overflowed in the basement, right? Well, well, I, yeah, let me give a little primer of this. So at this time, I was uh, raising clownfish in my basement. And so I had a sump-like tank mm-hmm. that would filter. It was a giant sort of like... Like know, barrel almost, really, 50-gallon right? drum turned on its yeah. side. And so the water would pour in, and it would circulate, and I had it set up to circulate the water in... Uh, 12 tanks mm-hmm. that were it, set sound, up it sounds very sort of 
red like but no it, it was not, like, it was like it was a pretty sophisticated system that he had it was going. very it looked legit. really cool and the yeah, idea yeah. being that he wanted he was going to be raising and breeding clownfish to mm-hmm. sell I already had a distributor set up mm-hmm. uh everything was ready to roll this was all set up and so it took forever so i was basically changing out the water which i had to do weekly where i would take out like 25% of the water put in 25% new water you know so you didn't deal with like bacteria growths mm-hmm. and see, fo- see folks despite his <laughs> fight Jesus. against it the dude loves mm-hmm. biology okay i do a little bit yeah. go ahead and so anyway who wouldn't so i turned the water on to fill up the sump tank and I think then you showed up and I was excited that Woody was there and it was like, hey, man, come look at this. Look at this new drawing. Look at this song I wrote. Mm -hmm. Like one of those kind of things. And um, I totally forgot that there was still tons of water flowing full speed. And um, And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, I think. And we go down there and there's just kind of water everywhere. Yeah, like maybe six inches of water. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so then I want to say somehow – thanks to fate, like your mom came home at the same time. And so it's just like this disaster. Like she's mad. There's, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. And so we start, shop, you start shop vacking this water oh, yeah. up, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, see, dude, I don't remember like how, essentially there was like a power strip <laughs> that got into the water. And I want to say that I was like smart enough to like, I'm still standing on the stair. I'm like, hey man, I don't know if you can be down there. <laughs> Because even though Tyler yeah. likes the biology part, I don't think he really... Well, I, I wasn't thinking about... so He's just knee-deep yes. in this water, just like with an electrical item. Yeah, I'm barefoot with like super tight jeans, like <laughs> rolled up high water style. And like char- basically just picture like Charlie from Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Trying to do anything. Cat in the wall, eh? Okay, now you're talking my language. I know this game. All right, I've seen this before. You know what happened? I bet it flattened itself out, went right through a seam in your wall. I don't think there's anything in the laws of nature that would support that. Cats do not abide by the laws of nature, right? Just like frantically trying to like get the water up. Because my mom, it was in my mom's basement. So I'm still on the stairs that lead down to the basement. Because I think I went upstairs to like either get something or calm his mom down. Not sure. But I come back down and he's just like in the water doing it. All of a sudden I just like look at him. He's like, I'm like, what the? And I just like. Which, truthfully. Oh, I know what it was. I, t- there, yeah, the, I think the water had come up to the outlet, and I, which is the outlet that the shop vac was plugged into. <laughs> and I had just dumped, dumped the shop vac, and I, was, I went to reach down to like, like turn on mm-hmm. the shop vac again. Yeah. And there was so much water that. <laughs> well, and just you're barefoot as heck. And so like, oh, yeah. I mean, just danger. And anyway, you started getting shocked, and I just, like, pulled you up onto the stairs. And I saved your life endangering mine. What what else is new? Okay. It was it was so, so, I mean, honestly, like, I know, like, we kid about it, but, like, I mean, it could have killed me. Like, I could yeah. not move. I was completely frozen, and it was so painful. And you, I don't know how you didn't get shocked. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. Uh, well, you had, t- you had, like, tennis shoes on, though. Yeah, but for all of you uh, physics fans, uh, out there and th- have a you know a knowledge of electricity, it's also a miracle that I didn't get killed because the sick, yeah. like if you're grounded and my shoes are right. grounded me, the current has nowhere else to go, so it's traveling <laughs> from you to me and that's it. And so what essentially also it could have went out of your through your faux hawk. You could have done that. Maybe that's yeah. what happened. Okay, maybe that is what happened. 
let's get back on track here. Let's talk let's about a lady named Elizabeth, who at the time was 52, and this is in Jacksonville, Florida. She says, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, the lightning capital of the U.S. Before my ball lightning experience, the two months prior, seven homes in my neighborhood were struck by lightning. And if anybody wants to talk about probability and why Florida insurance rates are crazy, there, there it is. Yeah, that's... It was November of 2018. I was home with my daughter, who I homeschool, and it was weird. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and a very severe thunderstorm started. That's not unusual, but for November, it kind of was. It was very mm. dark outside with lots of thunder. My daughter was becoming afraid because she's kind of afraid of tornadoes. So she asked me, Mommy, do I need to go to the safe room? And I said, let me turn on the TV and I'll check with Mike. He's one of our local meteorologists. No sooner had I come around the corner than I saw this ball of light hovering in front of my stove. Mm. It was a very bright white light. And it was a perfect round sphere of light. Mm -hmm. It was about the size of a grapefruit and it was just hovering there like something out of a sci-fi movie i froze i didn't move any closer but i also didn't back away it was a solid ball of light that didn't move it just kept hovering Mm. again it was about three feet off of the floor in front of my stove and it emitted this humming sound similar to what you would hear if you were near high voltage and i just you know i never experienced anything like that yeah that's what I'm so saying, man. The more we talk about yours versus this, yours sounds yeah. more just like, you know, an mm-hmm. obvious difference in right. a good way. So, and I just thought, what in the bleep am I seeing? What is happening? Do I need to be afraid of this? I can't say with any certainty how long this happened, but it was long enough for me to stand there and stare at it and to try to figure out what exactly it was that I was seeing. And then... Dude, this is nuts. And then the ball, the sphere, began to expand and become much brighter. In fact, it was so bright that I couldn't look at it anymore. I had to turn my head away. By the time I turned back, it was gone. Check it out, it's not over. And then, suddenly, there was this massive boom right above where I was standing and the ground beneath my feet shook all of our windows rattled it sounded like a bomb had gone off and I was convinced that we had just been struck by lightning and I thought this is it (laughs) take me home Jesus yeah when the roll is called up yonder (laughs) I knew I didn't imagine it I knew I was there in my kitchen My family went up to the attic, and they went up on the roof later and checked everything. I called the fire department, and they came out, used heat-seeking equipment to check for electrical fires in the walls. Mm, They were here for a long time, and they said, we can't find anything wrong. We think you're okay. And I thought to myself, okay, I guess guess we got lucky. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that that feels – I mean, the the big, like, bang, to me, okay, that feels like electricity. Mm Mm-hmm. So here's another account by uh, someone named Meg in California. So the first time I saw ball lightning, I was 9 or 10 years old. I had just moved to Southern California. It was my first time being on the West Coast, although we had moved around a lot when I was a kid. 
My family was military, so I thought I had seen all the strange weather I could possibly see. I grew up in the 80s and 90s when it was not illegal to kick your children out the front door in the morning and say, don't come home. Mm -hmm. So we were outside all day. It was me and a couple of my cousins and my younger brother who were outside on the grass in front of my grandmother's apartment, and we had a couple of cap guns. Also, not illegal back then. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there. Wait, are cap guns illegal now? Oh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. Probably. No, Probably. dude, because I mean, I've got some, I think. Um, Illegally. They might be illegal in California. Sorry, California, sure. but man. I was sitting there putting the next couple of caps in my gun, and it's like I could feel it before I could see it. I had like this creeping sense of dread. The hairs on my arms stood straight up and the air got much thicker and much weirder. Mm. You know that feeling when there's something near you, there's something in the room, there's something on the wing. On the wing. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. There's something looking at you. It's not an issue yet, but it's about to be. And this like yeah. instinct grabs the back of your neck and turns your head towards it. I had that feeling just like that. See, dude, that's... I know, we're going to get to it. Um, So I turn my head slowly, and I see this ball of light rising up out of the ground, so bright that I can see it almost like printed on my eyelids for like 10 minutes afterwards. It was like I was staring at the sun, and it was moving really slowly, which is uncanny because if you think of lightning... You think of lightning, and it's fast. Exactly what I just said. So it rises up slowly out of the sidewalk, and it's like the size of a basketball, very close to me. I don't even think it was within within arm's reach, but probably 10 feet or so. It kind of crackles upward, crackles downward. It was blazing blue-white, and all of a sudden it explodes at the exact same time as an extremely powerful, very close clap of thunder. I've never been afraid of loud noises, she says, but this scared the living heck out of me. Hmm. It, it's almost like it's some sort of like, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a sort of a precursor to like maybe a, a lightning strike like mm-hmm. in the area or something. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's some sort of like, sort of like pre-discharge of like static electricity mm. before it strikes the ground or something. Yeah, I don't, man, know. I don't know. This one comes from North Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it's from Mothman territory. Yeah, it's from a uh, a girl named Emily. A lot of females here. I wonder if there's a correlation there. All right. Mm. I actually first heard of ball lightning when I was really young. I was about nine or ten, and I got really into extreme weather events because I'd been living in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. So my way of coping was to learn about everything that could possibly happen with weather. I heard about ball lightning and thought that was just so cool. I was really obsessed. I would go outside every time there was a storm, but it never happened. And so then I became skeptical. So I kind of forgot about it for almost a decade. And then all of a sudden I'm 21, sitting in my living room and there's a storm outside. My dog likes to have me next to him when there's a storm because he's a giant coward and is really kind of scared of thunder and lightning. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden he got really alert So I thought, "Mm, okay, this is unusual. The only previous time he alerted like that was during a really severe thunderstorm 
and a tree had fallen nearby. So I thought, hmm, do we need to go to the basement? I looked outside, and I was in front of the giant glass sliding doors we have, and there was just like this ball of light. My first thought was that it wasn't ball lightning, of course. I thought it was some idiot flying a drone around in a thunderstorm. You know, my neighbor's kids had just gotten a drone, and I thought, these kids are spying on me or something, and I was just going to kill them. So I walked up, and the first thing I did was flip it off through the window. Like, you know, gave him the finger. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, wait a second. What am I seeing? Because I had convinced myself that it wasn't real, and it's just staring at me in the face, just moving slightly right in front of me. It didn't move like lightning, of course. It moved sort of horizontally. It was a little bigger than a softball. Maybe a grapefruit would be best to think about. And a little fuzzy kind of around the edges, but just really, really bright. Mm -hmm. And it was whitish in color. Not so much colorful, but just really bright. When I looked away, I could still kind of see that light imprinted in my vision. Yep. It reminded me of like a bad special effect in a movie. You know, like it doesn't really blend in to the environment. Mm -hmm. That's how off it was. After a short while, I couldn't say how long, there was a large boom and it was gone. Mm. I couldn't believe that I had convinced myself that something wasn't true when in actuality, it is. And it's just rare, but I got to see it. Mm. It's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, I mean, there's definitely sort of similarities to like sort of orb accounts or you know something like that but but i i don't know i didn't realize that you know for me i've always you know jay allen hynek uh associated with project blue book and project grudge and project sign you know there that was a common one of his common sort of sort of explanations is like oh it was just ball lightning i know i remember there was like a big case in michigan i can't think of the name or anything, but it was a pretty substantial case. And, you know, that was the explanation. Oh, you just saw ball lightning. I don't know. I I think, I think later in life, he, he began to like sort of, uh, sort of, uh, regret maybe a lot of that, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, and I don't know if it's, it's, if it's said anywhere or in, you know, uh, anyone's written about this, but I just, I do kind of feel like he was probably given like ultimatums a, or something. Well, given like a list of like, okay, if if it checks these boxes, tell them it's swamp gas. Mm-hmm. If it checks these boxes, tell them it's ball lightning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Dude, let's talk a little bit about some of the scientific thoughts as to what this could be because they are actively researching it. This one mm-hmm. research paper supports a theory that ball lightning results from a ground strike that creates a reaction between oxygen and vaporized elements from the soil. This ionized air or plasma is kind of the same condition that enables St. Elmo's fire, which is the stationary glow that is sometimes confused with ball lightning. So if you've never heard of St. Elmo's fire other than the 80s movie, it's a really cool phenomenon. You can actually see some pretty cool pictures of this. Now, that's one thing about ball lightning. You can't really find a whole lot of pictures or video because it is a rare phenomenon. I did, however, find some really intense 
video that this pilot took of a lightning storm that I do want to, I'll put it on our Instagram because it's just amazing. Mm. But other scientists say that just the presence of glass may somehow contribute to generating ball lightning, which is a theory published in 2012. And that, that it perfectly explains Florida because, you know, Mm -hmm. The lightning hitting the glass, mm-hmm. or the sand. The and- sand, windows in the houses, windows in airplanes. So atmospheric mm. ions can pile up on the surface of a window, producing enough of an electrical field on the other side to generate a discharge. Another study published in 2016 suggests that microwave radiation produced when lightning strikes the ground could become encapsulated in a plasma bubble, resulting in ball lightning. Mm. Ball lightning has also been associated with earthquakes, Volcano uh, eruptions. Yeah. I mean, yep. all kinds of stuff. And what's what's crazy about this, man, honestly, especially since there were, you know, scientists, as you dig deeper, right? So, like, first people will say, oh, that wasn't a UFO. It was, it was a ball lightning. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. These guys know what they're... And then you go and you look up information That's about ball lightning, and it's like, huh? They yeah. don't. They still don't exactly. know. Which well, is just now, fascinating. I- Now, sorry, there is like a common thing that happens around like volcanoes, like these Mm -hmm. sort of lights that a lot of people do mistake for, you know, UFOs or or whatever. But like it is something to do with the discharging and like the, you know, tectonic plates releasing like gases into the air and and all that stuff. I can't remember what that's called, though, but I know that's a pretty common kind of deal. I don't know. I still do feel like they're I mean, even all the explanations, it's like. To the layperson, it sounds it sounds like they've figured it out, but you know they're, they're still pretty pretty far in between of like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. all, all the explanations are pretty like random, you know. Well, I mean, what's interesting too is initially, especially before I you know kind of read the potential connection with Windows and stuff, I just thought, okay, look, all of us have so much technology. Mm-hmm. in our homes now with all kinds of different frequencies and signals being transmitted to them, Bluetooth, mm-hmm. you know, wireless internet, all these things. Maybe that has something to do with it. Well, guess what, folks? In 1871, <laughs> this lady in England uh, sitting in her house mm-hmm. looked out the window, saw these, quote, air bubbles a few inches in diameter rising from the level snow outside and bobbled up and down and then flew away. Yeah. You know, it's been reported in 1845 in France that this ball lightning passed through a window and exited through the door without doing any damage. That's another thing that I thought was interesting. You know, when you think of lightning strikes and lightning passing through a home, you Mm -hmm. think of like the burn marks and the the places that you can kind of, you know, trace evidence basically of where the electrical current kind of traveled. And this ball lightning doesn't leave anything like that. Yeah, that to me, that sounds like... That sounds like my sort of story. I kind of feel like it's a portal, just like not open, not quite opening. They're mm-hmm. testing it out, or it's or it's a, you know, it's the other dimension. They're looking through. The, okay, that's not the house mm-hmm. we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, man, they just, they still don't know what it is. That's very very interesting. Also, I feel like it, it is funny because I think at large the scientific community kind of looks down on you know these orb you know, quote unquote orb accounts. Mm-hmm. But I mean, basically if you replace, you know, the term ball lightning with orbs and then, you know, threw in all of those like, you know, sort of, 
you know, pseudoscientific explanations of like, oh, well, we think it's yada, 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 wrapped in a ball of plasma. Like it, it it's the same, it, you know, it's kind of the same thing, really. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying as far as like they, they're very, they're, there's a lot of things that, that are very similar within the two. So I don't know, it kind of bugs me when the scientific community uh, look down on things just because it's like, I mean, I don't really know why actually, because it's still, whatever it is, it's still something sort of behaving in our mm-hmm. environment. So, yeah. you know, well, what's I think, not to study about it? Yeah, and I think what's interesting is I don't know, I don't, I don't think they're looking down on ball lightning in general. I think they look, they could be looking down on, and this is probably what you meant, uh, they they look down on ufology, ufology or orbs, and yeah, and then right. they're like, ah, oh, it's probably just ball lightning or or you know, right. or right. this next one that we're going to talk about. After these messages, we'll be right back. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over two hundred years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. Another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. All right, so ever since times of old, Travelers had wandered through marshes and they would see the flicker of a light in the distance that they would confuse with a glow of a candle, you know, or a faraway home. But there was no home and there was no candle. After they followed the glimmer into the wetlands or whatever, the light would disappear. But not before the sort of betrayed wanderers found themselves lost among the reeds where some of them, many of them actually, would meet their end. So many people beginning in old school folklore and all around the world have these versions of what have been come to be known Will of the Wisps. Yes. What I didn't know, and unfortunately this may have been a good sort of Halloween thing, you might have known this, man, but did you know that the jack-o'-lantern is actually sort of, I mean, that's where it kind of came from. Mm-hmm. So yep. it originated from like the Will of the Wisps and it being in the mm-hmm. lost soul of a man named Jack. I didn't know that until I was, we, we were doing the research for this episode. Well, but I feel like there's something to do with the, I feel like is that something to do with the church? Well, so basically this lost soul of Jack Mm-hmm. was denied entry into the underworld and he there haunted the night with a homemade light, a burning piece of coal inside a carved turnip and became known as the Jack with the Lantern or Jack-O-Lantern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're talking now about swamp gas or some people will call it marsh gas, a phenomenon that even Isaac Newton wrote about. And again, man, because I had no prior experience with this phenomenon, I really just kind of thought, Someone was just making it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. Like, oh, that's a real, that's a real thing. Because in case you're wondering, uh, you know, at uh, University of North Georgia in the biology department, I don't recall. Well, that's unfair. I mean, who knows if I was paying attention that day? But I don't recall <laughs> learning about, you know, swamp gas that spontaneously combusts. 
so throughout history and stuff, people have witnessed these little sort of imagine them as like little dancing flames or or balls of fire or little flickers in the marshlands and stuff. And a, and a lot of this typically occurs in swamps and marshes. So swamp gas has been known by several different names. Ignis uh, fatuus, um, will-o'-the-wisp, corpse candles, jack-o'-lantern, and marsh gas. Mm-hmm. Tons of studies have been done about it. Prestigious journals such as Nature, Edinburgh Philo- uh, Philosophical Journal, and Simmons Monthly Meteorological Magazine are some of the ones that I kind of like pulled from. Mm-hmm. Characteristically, swamp gas is found in peat bogs, mudflats, mm-hmm. marshes, and swamps. Wherever stagnant water coincides with the decay of organic matter, and that's a that's an important piece there. Mm-hmm. The water of the and this is we are going to get a little bit more scientific in this one. Mm-hmm. If you'll allow it. Get in there. During the day, the water of the marsh, you can see sort of like bubbles of air kind of rising from it. And in the night, sometimes blue flames were observed shooting from and playing over its surface. At the time, they kind of began to make the connection between these flames and the bubbles of air that were coming up. Essentially, what they found out was... Methane, which mm-hmm. is extremely flammable, is highly present in these marshes. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the gas that they're referring to when they say marsh gas or swamp gas. Mm-hmm. In spite of these sort of observations, though, like, here's the thing where it became kind of puzzling. How do you, even though there's methane, which again is highly flammable, uh, for all you chemistry nerds, that's CH4. It's odorless, colorless. And again, highly flammable. And it's Mm -hmm. the primary sort of gas in the swamps. It is a result in nature of breaking down fats, cellulose, and other Mm -hmm. proteins by anaerobic bacteria. And for Mm -hmm. those of you listening, anaerobic just means these are bacteria that do not require oxygen at all. Mm -hmm. And they're just kind of like in this mud. And they're constantly breaking down these organic materials and the... Well, I mean, you can just think of it as the byproduct or poop is Mm -hmm. this methane, okay? This gas is lighter than air, and so it will rise, and it's, of course, lighter than the water, so that's what causes it to, you know, rise to the surface and continues rising in our sort of just air. And whenever you burn methane, it burns pale blue or a yellow flame. But how in the world... Does it go from this gas to all of a sudden now it's just igniting spontaneously? Yeah, where's the ignition? So there's a theory there. And one of them is that... Oh, fairies, easy. Yep, easy. Fairies are, you know, they're just having to smoke, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the spontaneous ignition of methane could be a result of the additional presence of phosphine, which is pH 3 in the swamp gas. Phosphine, or phosphorus trihydride is a highly poisonous gas that also comes from waterlogged soils and results from the the decay of protein, bone, and other phosphate-bearing matter. Interestingly enough, pure phosphine is not self-igniting either. In order for it to be spontaneously in flame, it must be contaminated with a small amount of phosphorus tetrahyde, 
And so, anyway, the bottom line is some scientists have thought that, okay, with those two gases together, there is a reaction that potentially can help to ignite it. But I read that despite those findings, if self, because it does happen, whenever you combine, whenever you combine a small amount of phosphorus uh, tetrahyde and tetrahyde bearing phosphine into a stream of methane, if self-ignition occurs, the resulting flame is actually a bright green color mm. with followed by like some smoke and a distinct odor. So again, this is one of those things that they still kind of don't know much about. And honestly, there are less reports of this now than way back in the day. It seemed to be quite, a, not common, but a lot of folks in old Europe and colonials and stuff like that would see these kind of things. And that folklore mm-hmm. made its way back to the U.S. quite easily. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because a lot of the, we'll say, accounts that I kind of read about talk about like folks just kind of like following these dancing lights and and when they explain it sometimes it being so bright behind like a tree line that it seemed like like imagine when you read some ufo encounters and it's like you're out in the woods and you see this big bright light you know kind of coming towards you and diffusing through the forest and moving like that Mm -hmm. that some of these swamp gas occurrences sounded exactly like that man so it's either like Swamp gas that they're seeing, or mm-hmm. UFO. I don't know. Uh, one of the things that that uh, I mean, like what he said. I mean, it's in so much folklore, like the Will of the Wisps. You know, and a lot of that can you know is is uh, like related or adjacent to like the Banshee and this sort of like a lot of people would view view these things as like omens. You know, and mm-hmm. a lot of people would would uh, you know say that they were like the fae or fairies, and they were trying to lead people astray, almost sort of like a siren's call, you know, for for like your your people out at sea or whatever. Um, but like, it's to me, it's so to, to me, my personal account, I feel like this is something similar. Uh, also, one thing to note. Uh, another sort of phenomenon, which is um, a lot of times is like linked into this stuff and sometimes like mistakenly, you know, well, I guess mistakenly linked to this is the like Foxfire. Yeah. And it's not the the magazine that or the books that we know of here in the, you know, Appalachia, but Foxfire or they call it fairy fire is uh, this these like bioluminescent like fungi or fungus that would grow on like decaying wood. And so it would uh, glow like blue or green and sometimes it would sort of flicker and stuff. So I think, I I wonder how many uh, of these accounts are, you know, because a lot of that like sort of decaying organic matter would be in swamps Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like swamp gas, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it is, it is kind of like, I mean, the spontaneous ignition does happen and it can happen out in nature which is just so bizarre to me man i mean that's the stuff i'm talking about it's so crazy to think about that i mean and this is something that have that has just like been a piece of well global folklore for 
so long. Oh, I mean, yeah. Will of the Wisps. I mean, Britain, Ireland, of course, mm-hmm. Scotland. Um, some people, like you said, they, they see them as omens, sometimes death omens. Yeah, right. You know, Denmark, that's where they call jack-o'-lanterns the Will of the Wisps. And they say that the spirits of unrighteous men are just kind of like, you know, out there kind of trying mm-hmm. to lure people in. And in the, in the Netherlands, they are the souls of unbaptized children. Mm. Intense. Um, they lead travelers to water so that they themselves can be baptized and enter the gates of heaven. Whoa. Yeah, dude. I've never heard of that. German legends um, say that, like, the will of the wisps particularly like to torment drunks on their way home from the bar. When the drunks stumble and fall, the will of the wisps will burn the soles of their feet. Um, wow. Some people believe, in case you guys come across them out there in your travels this summer, campers, mm-hmm. some people believe that you can make wisps disappear by throwing a handful of dirt from a graveyard at them. So, you know, keep a nice Tupperware yeah, full of graveyard dirt. Agree. Just in case. Mm-hmm. In Argentina, they are called Luz Mala, which uh, translates to evil light, and they're mm. greatly feared. Traditionally, they believe that a white light represents a soul in trouble that needs a prayer. However, if the light is red, Satan is tempting the onlooker, and it is recommended to flee immediately. Mm. I mean, a, a lot of these kind of could fall into that similar trope of like, you know, which again is associated a lot with like fairies and stuff of like your sort of cautionary tales mm-hmm. of, of you know, you know, don't go chasing after the will of the wisps you yep, know yep. Uh, or you may see the will of the wisps if you're out after dark or right you might get lost or right you know it, it's an omen that something bad's happening and and so kind of coming back to what we well first let me say this it's happening less and less and some sort of either academic or scientific thought on that is that's because there are less and less of these you know marshlands and swamplands you know mm. mm-hmm. um so that could be a reason but but also i i, I think it is good to note it you know it, like what you were saying i mean i understand i mean as somebody who grew up rural take a drink um you know we would uh you know leave big bundles of hay, like your big round bales of hay out and, you know, using like fertilizer and then hay with, you know, for cattle and stuff like that. I was around that my whole life. And, you know, after it's been sitting a few days, especially in like colder weather, you know, you'll see like steam, you know, billowing out of it because it's like creating heat, you know, that breakdown of of, uh, like biological material. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I do get that. But for me, there's like, there's still that sort of disconnect between, you know, a floating ball of, you know, fire or light, um, you know, to me, that's, it's just hard to like connect that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's kind of like the ball lightning thing. It's like, well, it's like, get it. it. Yeah. It's different enough that it doesn't really make it. uh, I don't know. It doesn't, I, I can understand how there might be, there might be a high percentage of people that see that kind of stuff and think, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's supernatural. Especially like kind of what we were saying earlier when it's talking about how people that were more in touch with nature back then and, you know, like you never leave your house. You're so pasty white. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. just like 
they don't even invent like a sunscreen that'll help. It's kind of an embarrassing mm. thing. You wear long sleeves no matter where you go. So, I mean, same like, with your wife, Anne. <laughs> true. Um, although she got pretty tan at the beach, but anyhow. Actually, I got pretty tan at the beach, too. Yeah, so. well, I've heard it all before. So, so pasty. Uh, that's um, a new picture. You know, well, I don't. Okay. Full body. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say we're getting pretty serious. Oh, my gosh, man. You know, despite their kind of connection to nature, I think the potential negative side of that is then all of a sudden, well, okay. As I'm about to say this out loud, I might just change change thought on this just mid-sentence here. But, mm, okay. you know, because of their relationship with nature, mm-hmm. because they're experiencing it on a more frequent basis, we'll say, mm-hmm. a lot of these things that happen – are sort of, quote, supernatural to them, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. just go back in time to like ancient Mayans and just trying to scientifically scientifically explain to them the sun, quote, comes up because like Mm -hmm. the earth is rotating around it in our position. They're going to think you're a lunatic. You know, you're going to get sacrificed and Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be not good for you. A lot of that was because of their sort of lack of, of understanding in those things, and so bec- those natural phenomenon, even something as simple as day and night, were viewed mm-hmm. more like supernatural and magical, and and that kind right. of thing, right? Yeah, but but to me, I, I guess my sort of pushback on that is is like, okay, well, I mean, I and I get like terminology wise and uh, sort of the nomenclature of it as a whole, but it's like, what's the difference in having uh, you know, 10 scientific explanations that aren't really, nothing is like foundational or like, mm-hmm. you know, well, like the definitive answer mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody saying, well, we don't know what it is. I guess it's magic. Like to yeah. me, those carry the literally the same amount of weight. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like what scientists are trying to do is make it repeatable in the laboratory. And and if, and that's always the problem. Yeah. And I mean, and it, and that's part of it. The if you're a true scientist, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that is what excites you the most. Yeah. Now I'm sure it gets frustrating. Yeah. Oh, uh, 100%. yeah. You know, but I think that's part of the the magic of science. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's kind of hard to ignore and just kind of push aside a lot of the similarities to both these phenomena, be it ball lightning or swamp gas, and mm-hmm. sort of like what you had talked about before, which is your orb experience. Now I know mm-hmm. so many episodes we kind of just barely kind of touch on it. Yeah. But I think it's finally time we just kind of like at least oh, give okay. a little bit of a rundown on on what you experienced, man, so that not only uh can our listeners sort of decide what they think about what happened and was mm-hmm. it swamp gas? By the way, he doesn't live by a swamp. Was it oh. ball lightning? Mm-hmm. So let us know. I mean, let's talk about it. Okay. Well, I did not expect this, and I'm terrible. We're sorry. There has been a malfunction. A strange amount of static electricity and floating lights have been reported in your area. The program will resume at its normally scheduled time next week. Thank you for listening. Until then, be rad.
Our future would be a parade of flowers 